1: This is Forward Progress here on the Hammer Betting Network. We are recapping day one in NFL free agency. Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, Fabian Sommer, professional sports better. And we're going to get right into it, guys. Everyone watching, we're going through three things today. We're going to talk about the most underrated or impactful signing so far, the most overrated signing. And then stay tuned right to the very end of the video. We're each going to give our best futures bet available in the market right now. We'll talk about how day one of free agency has impacted our look at some of these teams going forwards. But Eric, let's start with you. Day one thoughts. Who do you think was the most underrated
0: or impactful signing? Yeah, I'm going to go with underrated. And I think that it'll end up being an impactful signing. But I really like the Vikings signing Marcus Davenport to a, basically a 1 year 13 million dollar deal um it's basically the money that they get they they get about 12 million when they cut Zedarius Smith you know or trade him today um and with Davenport you know I tweeted this out the other day Davenport did have a dip uh in production like he had like a 14% pressure rate in 21 uh and just a 12.1% which is still fairly it's still okay in 2022 but he had a three he was involved in 3% uh, sacks you know, you know, per pass rush in, in 21, last year was 0.3%, right? So anytime you look at, at the marketplace, you're like, what are they buying? Uh, there's you know statistics to suggest uh, that these markets buy sacks. And so I think the Vikings are really getting, of course, they're buying the pressure rates and they're buying the thing that generates the sacks there. And it gives them an option. It reminds me a lot of when Tampa Bay signed Shaq Barrett uh, back in 2019, where Um, You know, the sack production wasn't there, but the the pressure production was overshadowed by guys like Cam Jordan and stuff like that. Uh, You know, then you give yourself an opportunity as you're trying to get younger um, when they have cap space in 24. They can extend them. They can franchise tag them, they can do all these things. But it's a really good move by the Vikings, I think, getting younger uh, at, at one of the more important positions in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. The problem is that they seem to be stuck or mired to Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. So that, you yeah. know, ha- having him there long-term kind of offsets any gains that they're going to make in person all around him.
0: Yeah. I think though, this, this off season, they're, they're making moves that suggest that this is his last year. Um, I, and obviously that's famous last words. We said that last year at times, uh, and then they went ahead with the extension with void years and all that, but it does look like there's a path for them to get under the cap and at least feel the roster without having to sort of spread his money out over multiple years. But I do agree with you. I mean, Cousins has a chance. If Rodgers stays uh, in the league this year, he'll be the second oldest quarterback in the NFL uh, starting. Um, So I I think the Vikings will move on. I think they're going to be terrible this year. I think that they're designed to be terrible. Um, But this is a move where you're thinking about this team has only five draft picks coming up. They need to start getting good players with good pedigree and premium positions. And this is a signing that is like sneakily underrated because this is one way to do that. uh, When you don't have a draft class, that's 10, 10 picks deep.
1: Suma, uh, your thoughts on day one free agency and who you thought made a, a great bargain deal.
2: First of all, Greg Gabriel tweeted out that Marcus Davenport was getting 13 million bucks for, for 0.5 sacks last season, which was probably a good sign that this was a great signing by the, by the Vikings. Um, my best value signing so far, I think it, it's David Long. Two, two years, 11 million um, to the Dolphins because Miami is going to switch from that um, heavy, aggressive, uh, load-the-box, man-coverage style of defense to, like, Big Fangio's style of defense to high, light boxes. And what that scheme really needs is a linebacker that, even while defending the pass first, can quickly trigger defending the run downfield. And I think David Long, he had some injury issues in the past, but especially last year for the Titans, when he went out, the defense over the middle of the field basically collapsed and he was a great player for them last year. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be an excellent signing for that big mm-hmm. um, Fangio defense. I also like Eric Hendricks through the Chargers quite a bit. Um, it's not going to be like a huge upgrade because they are also likely to lose Drew uh, Tranquil, but mm-hmm. I, I think that Eric Hendricks is uh, basically the guy that this defense... Um, desperately needs, especially when you consider that they would lose uh, Drew Tranquil. Um, what I also sneakily like is Cam Sutton to to the Detroit Lions for three years, uh, thirty million uh, something in that range. Cam Sutton has been a really I would I would call it solid cornerback in, in Pittsburgh, and that's basically what what this Lions defense needs: just solid cornerback play. Uh, a guy that is not going to get toasted every time. And I think they also got him extremely cheap um, for the price tag.
1: Suma goes three for the price of one right there. Three signings (laughs) that he loves on day one. Uh, I'm going to go completely (laughs) off the board here. So I included most underrated in, in this for a very specific reason. I love the Mike White signing as a backup quarterback for the Dolphins. Because we look at what Miami suffered in the latter half of last season with Tua and the concussions, obviously, and them essentially falling off a cliff. They're doing a lot to address their defense. They bring in Vic Fangio. They make the trade for Jalen Ramsey, which I think is huge for that squad. They cannot go into games with this team and have Skylar Thompson playing meaningful games at any point. And Mike White is not the guy that's going to come in and win them a Super Bowl, but he's the type of guy that can come in and honestly compete in games, even against the Bills, against the Jets, possibly with Aaron Rodgers as well. So I think that that was a very smart move. I thought he was one of the better backups that was available on the market. And uh, I just have a soft spot in my heart for Mark, Mike White as well. So uh, I think he's going to be really helpful if we see... You know, Tua needs to rest at all next year. Or anything along those lines, I think having Mike White there is huge. All right, guys, let's get into the next one. And Suma, we'll start with you here on this one: most overrated signing from day one in free agency.
2: Going with Tremaine Edmonds to to Chicago. Um, I thought when they signed T.J. Edwards, I thought, okay, great signing. T.J. Uh, TJ Edwards, uh, three years, twenty-one million. Uh, or something like that, new Mike linebacker. They also got that uh, undrafted um, uh, linebacker who played really well for them uh, last year, I think, Sanborn. So I thought, yes, Edwards, Sanborn, new linebacking, do very cheap deal for TJ Edwards. And then they also signed Tremaine Edmonds for like 50 million guaranteed. And I think that has to be one of the most all-weighted signings of of yesterday. I really don't get why you would get rid of R- Rockrun Smith, who was clearly a blue chip uh, level linebacker. And then you, you go on into free, ag- free agency and give up so much money for two linebackers on, on the first day. Uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I'm going with, with Edmunds.
1: Yeah, Eric, that was a little bit disappointing for me because I went and I bet Bears futures immediately on the DJ Moore trade, which I thought would be great. All of the... the- Draft capital that they have now, plus all the the money they had to spend. They they had the um the lowest, uh, I think the most cap space of any yeah, team in by, the league. By going the Thirty into the league. million bucks, yeah. right? And I was like, okay, they can really improve this team, and now these moves will improve the team. But questionable whether that's where the where they should have been spending going into this free agency. Yeah,
0: there's a little bit of like styles make fights here, and I'm I'm arguing against the Bears, but I'm <clears throat> sort of trying to give a reason why. So, like using tracking data, we've we've discerned like what kinds of linebackers there are, and there are guys that bite on play action really hard, but also flow to the run. And then there are guys that kind of sit back against the run and then don't bite on play action. If you look at some of that data, Edmonds and Edwards are very much like Bobby Okariki and Darius Leonard, and I, I butchered both names um, in in uh, Indianapolis. Like if you look at their their splits with the tracking data, they're exactly those two guys, and um Roquan Smith was like the opposite right so like I I had this thesis at the beginning of the year that like look you know Eberflus is not going to really like like if you're going to spend 20 million on a linebacker it's going to be the kind of guy that plays linebacker the way you want to and this is to my like you know so scheme matters but to Suma's point like you should build your scheme around blue chip players and not overspend for guys that fit your scheme and I think that that's what the Bears kind of did here uh which is unfortunate um I actually have one and this is my you know favorite team that 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 signed this player. My almost overrated signing of the day was Jawan Taylor. I I there's a number of reasons why and, and look, I think offensive line, like my my former colleague at PFF, Timo Risky did a great job of showing, like, you know, offensive linemen with great athleticism, they age well, right? They and, and it's one of those positions where it, you know, the first couple of years, you're basically writing off because they suck. And it's an athletic like tackle versus defensive end is the biggest athletic mismatch on the field. And so there, it's an age. It, it's really tough. But Jawan Taylor led the NFL last year in what PFF has is negatively graded run blocks. Right. And that's at right tackle. Um, he's really never played left tackle where it's reported that the Chiefs want him to play. I think that it's this is one of those signings where it's kind of like we when the team fires a head coach and they and they 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 get the guy who's the exact opposite to be their next coach Orlando Brown had like the worst athleticism score in our database he he has you know he's kind of like a technician he's um you know but he's not he's kind of like he's the unathletic average left tackle and the Chiefs are like well we're gonna go for broke with this super athletic like young guy who has not produced yet to to replace him and I and I feel like at 20 million dollars that that's a steep price to pay when your quarterback protects the offensive line more than the other way around
1: it pains me to say what I'm gonna say for my most overrated signing because it has nothing to do with the player but Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders <laughs> makes absolutely no sense to me and I've been the guy that for a long time has defended Jimmy G. I think he's way better than people give him credit for. He's going to have those one or two throws over the middle every game where you're going to you know, basically pull your hair and g- gasp and like, what is he thinking, what is he doing type of situation, those overthrows. But overall, I thought he ran a very efficient offense for the 49ers. He did exactly what was asked of him. I think the Raiders, as an organization, think that they're way closer to contention than they actually are. And to me, it's a team with several holes, both on the offensive line, defensively, much to be desired there. And they, by signing Jimmy Garoppolo to this deal, I wonder if it prevents them from drafting a quarterback this year. I hope it doesn't. And if they find a guy that falls to them, they go that route. But there's that possibility where that's no longer on the table for them. And on top of that, it just gets cements them into like this middling organization where you just don't want to be in that spot. And you look around at the division, you see Kansas city just winning a super bowl. Denver's getting better, huge offensive line improvements. They bring in Sean Payton. You have the chargers who have Justin Herbert. Like this is the time for the Raiders just to say, we're not good. Like let's find ourselves some high draft picks in the next couple of years. Instead, they go out and they sign Jimmy G to start for them. I don't think that makes a ton of sense. So, as much as I love Garoppolo and I defended him over the years, I, I just have no idea what the Raiders organization is doing.
0: No, clue. it's so it's so weird because, like, like you said, and not only Justin Herbert but Kellen Moore now, who I think was underrated when he was in Dallas. Like, you have Peyton and, and Russell Wilson. Like, that's and this is a team that kind of went all in last year just to be a thirteen to two underdog to win their own division, and you know they were probably. <laughs> they were probably better than the record indicated for the first half of the season. And now you're kind of a team that's like got veterans that are kind of at the end of their career. And, and I, I just, I don't, I don't see it either. It's really, to me, it's a real big misunderstanding of what it takes to win in the AFC.
1: Yep. Completely agreed. If you are enjoying the video, make sure you smash that like button consider subscribing here on forward progress. We'll have a ton more content related to free agency. And of course the NFL draft coming up in late April as well. Ton of betting related stuff leading up to the NFL draft. So make sure you're subscribed and you have notifications on. So you do get these videos as soon as we release them. We'll end off today guys with our best futures bet as it stands right now. Eric, we'll start with you.
0: Yeah. You know, as years of being a chiefs fan, Um, I, I just relished the opportunity to bet against Derek Carr. Um, so, you know, and you look at Tampa Bay, the way they are, Atlanta's made some moves. I had, uh, somebody, an executive in the league text me, he goes, Atlanta waited all these years to get their cap space back so they could sign a guard, a safety, a (laughs) linebacker and, and a backup quarterback. And so like, I'm going to, I'm still like, I think people are out on the Panthers now after the Panthers moved up and, and, you know very, very richly moved up uh, to get the first overall pick. I think there's a small chance that they trade back and accumulate even more than what they traded for the pick in the first place. Um, but but anyway, I, I like the, the coaching staff that the Panthers have assembled. Um, I still think that with Brian Burns and guys, you know, uh, uh, with J.C. Horn and guys like that on defense, I still think they can be good there. And, you know, depending on how do they take, I think three to one is still at Caesars a good bet for them to win that division.
1: Yeah, me and Suma were talking about this in one of the videos we did last week in terms of we just don't want to bet the Saints or we don't like the Saints at their current odds there where they're, they've they now moved up to like plus 140 in most spots. And it was like, which of the other teams in the division is live? I think we settled on Atlanta because we thought that the Lamar Jackson to Atlanta hype was real at the time, but that's looking less likely with each passing day. Uh, I, I'm still not convinced that the Saints are... Far and away, the best team in that division. So uh, I like that look. Suma, on your end, what's standing out to you?
2: It pains me to say, but I, I think that Miami's odds are a little bit too high. After all, what they did in the in in the past seven days, um, I still think that the offense with Terquavalo will be kind of limited next year, and I don't think we will see like repeatedly that stretch that we saw. Uh, in the middle of the season when they were really putting up like 35 points against uh, bad defenses. I don't think that this kind of offense is uh, really that sustainable and they look very poorly against the the better teams in the league. But I still think that having Vic Fangio and so many good players on defense might give them a a decent flaw on defense, even though that that's very hard to say because um, defense is not very predictive and even if the Dolphins are going to have a very good defense on paper, they might end up um, being just the 17th defense in the league. But I think that they have like a decent fair tail to the upside because that 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 offense can click every time, and the defense, with one of the best defense coordinators in the game, also has some upside to make some plays um, late in the season. So right now, um, Dolphins at in in that sixteen to one AFC odds range. I like that quite a bit. Um, a team like the Jets, for example, I, I think that, that price is, is uh, a gun already. So, right now, um, Dolphins standing out.
1: Yeah, Caesar Sportsbook 16 to 1 right now. Uh, you can find some 15 to 1s. Most of the market have 14 to 1, but they are priced as the eighth best team in the AFC. And I agree with Suma. I think that they're, they're worth a look, um, especially to win the AFC. For me, I'm going to go to the NFC West. Uh, I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks at 5-1 to one to win the NFC West. I wasn't in love with the Geno signing because it's the same as the Jimmy G signing. It kind of cements you into like that middling position. But I think that there's question marks, especially with the Rams, who are priced at plus 375 to win the division. There's no way the Rams should be priced better than the Seahawks, in my opinion. The Seahawks have a great uh, young core that they drafted last season. The Rams are pretty much in cap hell trading away players that are a value to recoup any sort of draft picks that they can I don't see how the Rams should be priced better and I think that there's a possibility that the 49ers fall off next year I mean they signed Sam Darnold now who knows who the quarterback's going to be but you you potentially get Br- Brock Purdy off a UCL injury you get Trey Lance who I haven't been impressed with at all if he can't even play or Darnold who's never proven anything as a pro I think there's tons of question marks in San Francisco And people just expect that it's Kyle Shanahan. The offense is going to hum and it's going to keep humming at five to one. I think the Seahawks are a pretty solid bet now that they've solidified the quarterback position. I'm high on Gino. I think he did a lot of good things last year. Um, So that that's where I'm going to go. Um, Curious what, what your guys thoughts are on on the NFC West next year.
0: Well, you're you're basically betting against the Niners, right? Because Arizona, you know, I think that one of the next dominoes to fall in the draft is going to be Arizona moving back out of three. Like, there's really nothing, you know, one player is never going to really help them. Um, and, and Monty Austinforth comes from a, a um, you know, Patriots regime that love to move back and, and rebuild that way. Murray's not going to be really ready for the beginning of the year. So it, it's going to be rough there. Um, and, and LA, like, they just don't have any players, right? And, and, the, and their okay. best player now. I mean, Cooper Cup's their best player, but their their quarterback, their most valuable player, um, you know, is a ticking time bomb health-wise, I would say. So, you know, you're basically just betting on McVay there if you like the Rams, and that's, I think, dubious if they don't have a defense uh, or, 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 you know, a a supporting cast. So you're basically betting against the Niners, and the Niners have shown fragility over the past decade. They've either lost 10 or more games or made the NFC championship game every single season, except for 2014 since 2011. So uh, it it really has been, uh, you know, a boomer bust there. And and if you're getting those kind of odds, then uh, that seems reasonable to me.
1: Suma, I know you've really been high on the 49ers for years. Any thoughts on them going into next year?
2: I echo a lot of what Erica said. I mean, I can al- already imagine the uh, training camp hype around Sam Darnold, like uh, tossing deep bombs against the um, B defense of the 49ers and everyone <laughs> getting hyped up again. Oh, every quarterback is going to work in Shanahan's system. But yeah, I mean, Trey Lance, even if he's ready to play, he will likely have a step backwards in terms of his ability to run the ball next uh, Next year, which I think will take some of the elements away of a potential dual threat uh, Trey Lance offense, Brock Purdy maybe coming off of UCL, um, <laughs> Sam Donald, I think there's a clear path for, for the Niners uh, to not be good next year.
1: All right, so there you have it. Eric's going with the Carolina Panthers plus three hundred to win the NFC South. That's available at Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, Suma is going with the Miami Dolphins to win the AFC. Sixteen to one at Caesar Sportsbook. I'm taking the Seahawks plus five hundred NFC West. That's at Bet three sixty five. I'd also take the plus plus four fifties that are on the board at all of the Canby books, Bet Rivers, uh, and so on and so forth. Thank you for tuning into Forward Progress once again. If you do enjoy the content, make sure you smash that like button and subscribe to the channel. We'll have a lot more this week for myself, for Eric Eager, for Fabian Sommer. We'll catch everyone next time. Peace.